0: Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual. The Strange Tales. Thanks for joining me this Sunday. We're going to hear from the CBS Radio Mystery Theater this week, series that took the air in 1974, aired until 1982, produced 1,399 original shows. The story we're going to hear today is from February 26th, 1975. It's titled, The Strange Case of Lucas Lauder.
1: CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. I forget who, but someone once said that fate is like a madman with an axe, waiting for us around the next corner. Which is to say, of course, that however serene our lives, we never know whether the madman is lurking around the next corner we turn, ready to take a vicious swipe at us with that axe. In point of which, consider the case of Lucas Lauder, warden of a certain state prison in a certain western state.
2: Joan, in heaven's name, will you try to understand what I'm saying? In less than three hours, Guy Richards will be executed.
3: Drop through that trapdoor to his death. Which will mean the end, I hope, Luke, of this whole insane nightmare you've been going through. Not... Yes, and putting me through.
4: You don't believe. You still don't believe.
3: I have to be mad to believe. Stark, raving mad.
4: If Guy Richards dies, worse than madness may lie ahead for you, Joan. Much worse.
1: Our mystery drama, The Strange Case of Lucas Lauder, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by George Lothar and stars Robert Lansing. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of
5: Budweiser, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. If you're on the verge of buying a new small car, buy a small Buick. Not just because I say so, but because of what I'm about to tell you. The three small Buicks, Skyhawk, Skylark, and Apollo, are newly designed for 1975. Their styling is fresh, their engineering is up to date. Each of these small Buicks is powered by a spirited new V6 engine that delivers excellent gas mileage. Each of these small Buicks has steel-belted radial tires. They each have a high-energy ignition system. Spark plugs that last nearly four times longer than before. And, of course, they each have typically comfortable Buick interiors. There's one other reason for choosing a small Buick. If you take delivery of a new Skyhawk by February 28, 1975, Buick will send you a check for $500. If you take delivery of a Skylark or an Apollo by February 28th, Buick will send you $200. So if you're going to buy a small car, buy a small Buick. That's your Buick dealer.
6: If you're a businessman, you know how fast advertising costs are rising. Adflation, it's called. Wouldn't you like to stretch your ad budget? Increase reach without increasing cost? It can be done. It's been proven. The market was San Francisco, the time, Spring 74. The budget, $8,000. That money in television reached almost a million and a half adults and delivered over two million impressions. Then the budget was split. 50% TV, 50% radio adult reach increased 28%, and commercial impressions more than doubled on the same budget. Across the country, in New York, a similar study proved the same point. Radio in a mix with TV improves the buy. Radio is efficient. It's being welcomed into more and more media plans. Why not? After all, radio's a great mixer. Get radio selling for you. Call this station. We'll suggest ways radio can help you fight inflation. Furnished by Radio Advertising Bureau.
1: As we know, the death penalty is outlawed in many states. But in some, it is still enforced. In such special cases as the murder of a policeman... ...death through kidnapping and or particularly vicious crimes. Our story begins in just such a state, in the condemned cell of that state's
4: prison. You sent a message you wanted to see me, Richards.
7: And, uh, thank you, Warden. Thanks very much for answering it this quickly. will not you sit down? What is it, Richards?
4: I want to discuss my case with you. There's nothing to discuss. You were legally tried, legally convicted. If you think there's something I can do to save. Oh, you, no, 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 no. There's <laughs> nothing like that. A warden, I was guilty. I
7: freely admitted murdering those women, all four of them, and mutilating them with a butcher knife. No, no, no. The name the newspapers gave me was well deserved Guy the Ripper.
4: All right, then what is it you want to see me about? Warden,
7: hasn't it ever struck you as odd? Curious? That someone of my breeding and background could be guilty of four such horrible murders? Murders and mutilations identical with those done by Jack the Ripper nearly a century ago?
4: as a matter of fact, it has. Me and quite a few others. If you'd been judged insane... But I I wasn't so judged. Nor was I insane.
7: No, I am as sane as the next one. (laughs) For whatever that's worth. Richards, I'm a very busy man. I and guess. prefer to spend as little time as possible in the company of anyone as vicious and depraved as Guy Richards. Yes, I know. But that's exactly why I asked you to come and see me. Warden, before very long, you're going to be spending all your time in my company. <laughs> I don't blame you for looking puzzled. Let me explain.
4: Yes, do explain
7: A little more than a year ago, Warden, I was a professor of parapsychology at the university. I was happily married, successful, and deeply involved in my work. And then suddenly, shockingly, for no apparent reason, I became, well, the embodiment, you might say, of a man who has been dead for many, many years, Jack the Ripper. It began, Warden. It all began one morning in my office at State University. Come in. Well, Eric. Eric Nordling. It's good to see you. Good to be back, Guy. Good to have you back. I can't tell you how much I've missed you this past month. It's like missing my right arm. Oh, nonsense. I'll be frank with you. When you went into the hospital for those tests a month ago, I didn't expect I'd miss you as much at all. Well, why should you? I'm just an assistant, Professor. Ah, but what an assistant. You remember when you left, you and the class were analyzing those strange, gruesome murders that had taken place? The three women. You remember? I remember. Well, I took over for you, and believe me, the class soon let me know that I just wasn't in it with you. They said no one. Not even me could touch you when it came to explaining the murderer's drives and motivations. (laughs) In fact, they said you understood and explained them so well, they wouldn't be surprised if you
8: were the murderer. (laughs) What is it, Eric? Eric? Guy. I was... uh... I am the murderer. Ah... I can see you're not joking, Eric. I'm not. I also know that you haven't been well. In fact, I'm very sick. Guy, I'm dying. But none of that changes the simple truth that I murdered those women and mutilated them. Guy, I'm Jack the Ripper. No, I'm I'm not crazy. As a professor of parapsychology, you do believe that people can be possessed by the spirits of the dead. Ah, uh, I keep an open mind. or oh, try to. I can tell you that possession is a fact. For some time now, I have been possessed by the spirit of Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Eric, if I didn't know you better, I'd say that you're really possessed... Of a dose of LSD, but since I. Guy, believe me. What I'm telling you is the truth. Believe me, because. You're about to become Jack the Ripper. Eric, you're ill. I can tell from looking at you, you're serious, I am. I'm dying. I told you that. They've given me less than two months to live. Oh, Eric. It's terminal. In less than two months, I'll be dead. And the day I die, the instant I die, the Ripper's spirit will leave my body and enter yours. You don't believe me, do you? Of course not. Well, then I'll have to prove it. You've taken your penknife out of your pocket and you're opening a blade. Well, yes, to clean out my pipe. What's so unusual about that? Does your pipe need cleaning? Well, no. But uh, you acted on impulse—sudden, inexplicable desire, desire to hold a knife in your hand. Oh, now, of course, it isn't senseless. And if you think so, try to put the knife back in your pocket. Oh, well, go ahead. Close the blade. Put the knife back in your pocket. Ah, uh, why oh, I, I I haven't done what I intended to do—clean out my pipe. Is it. that what you intended to do? Oh, in heaven's name, guy, be honest with yourself. Is it? Mm, no. No. What? What do you intend to do with that knife? What do you want to do with it? I—I want—I
7: want to kill with it to
8: strike and slash I what is this what what it's Jack the Ripper using your body you needed proof and he I just gave it to you I took possession of you for a few moments but when Eric Nordling dies I'll become Guy Richards till he dies and after that... Oh, no, this uh, It's madness. You deny you felt an overwhelming urge to strike and slash? No, but there's got to be some explanation. Yes. There is. You can pick up your knife and put it away. Or clean your pipe... if you really want to. Well,
7: warden, those were Eric Nordling's words. Almost his identical words... Just before he told me what I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. That I'm about to become Jack the Ripper. The day, the instant,
4: I die. Yes. Ah, if there's anything further you want... Now, wait, wait, don't go. I, I... Now, look, Richards, your time is short and Yours I... Yours do... is. And I want to do everything I can to make the next few days easy for you. But when it comes to listening to the kind of... The kind of story you just told me, I haven't the time.
7: You don't believe it either, hmm? Even I didn't. With all my knowledge of the occult, the psychic, I couldn't bring myself to believe in anything so impossible. Seemingly impossible. I'm nutty is
4: the word. You think I've gone a little, uh, what do they call it here, stir-crazy? No, you haven't been in long enough for that. I'm not calling it anything. I'm not thinking anything. Look, you wanted to get something off your chest, you got it off. I'll be gone. No, no, please. Listen. Richards, I don't have
7: Listen time. for just one minute more. At six in the morning, two days from now, I'll be hanged for murders every bit as revolting as those of Jack the Ripper. Because I am Jack the Ripper. This body, you see, is the body of Guy Richards, once respected university professor. But I... The spirit that inhabits this body... Well, I am, I assure you, Jack the Ripper. Now, let me assure you, as Eric Nordling assured Guy Richards... At the very instant the rope snaps my neck. On that instant, Warden, you will become Jack the Ripper.
4: Now, if there's anything further I can
7: do... And I'll prove it to you as I made Nordling prove it to Richards. Now, before you go to bed tonight, you will feel that same strong, overpowering urge. Need to strike and slash with a knife. Before you go to bed tonight...
3: really one of the strangest stories you've ever brought home with you. Mm. More potatoes?
4: Mm, Thanks. (laughs) It's funny, though. What? Well, I... And don't ask me why I did this. I certainly didn't believe a word of Richard's story. Not a word, but... I guess curiosity got the better of me. What? I checked at the university. Richard's did have an assistant named Eric Nordling, and he did die when Richard said he did.
3: Doesn't mean anything.
4: Yeah, and still, that part of Richard's story was true. <laughs> Johnny, what do you think?
3: What do I think? Well, he was
4: kind of interested in that stuff. Yoga and astrology and the psychic and all. Oh,
3: that. not really. Yeah, but you do have an interest. And not a serious interest.
4: Still, what do you think?
3: <laughs> I think I'd like another piece of roast beef. That's what I think. <laughs> okay, okay.
4: I'll try not to be so heavy-handed this time.
3: Oh, you weren't heavy-handed. Just slice it a smidgen thinner, that's all. Just a smidgen. Smidgen it
4: is, and easily done with mm-hmm. a knife as razor sharp as this.
3: Won't be done at all if you don't stop staring at that knife and cut me a slice. Luke? What?
4: It's nothing, I was just, I was just thinking. Thinking What? The way Richards talked this afternoon, you'd you'd, you'd, have thought I was going to grab it the first chance I got to carve up some likely female. (laughs) You, for instance.
3: Don't say things like that, Luke. Not even jokingly.
4: I'm sorry. But can, can you imagine anyone like me, for instance, starting to cut a slice of roast beef and then changing my mind and deciding to carve a few slices out of you.
3: No, I can't. And I'd just as soon not.
4: the table like this, holding the carving knife in my hand, this razor-sharp carving knife. I'd come around the table toward you.
3: Luke, please.
4: And when I got to you,
2: I'd stand over you. I'd look, look deep look deep into your eyes and then and raise the knife high over my head and plunge
3: you Luke! Luke, what's come over you? If this is a joke, it isn't your kind of joke. It was a joke, wasn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs>
4: Sure. Sure. It was a joke. What
6: else?
1: What else, indeed? What else could it be? It could be what Warden Lucas Lauder knows it was. No joke at all. That for a few moments in time, he was... Gripped by, driven by an all but overwhelming urge To strike with that knife, slash with that knife, kill with that knife I'll return in a moment for Act Two
9: Give your hand to a friend Give your heart to your love But give your call yes. to contact To
2: better Sneezing, drips, congestion? What next? Six or three or one. Is that an answer or a question?
1: That's
7: the question when you catch the common cold. For you, the answer is 12-hour contact. Why? Well, Because you need six cold tablets, two every four hours, or three cold pills, one every four hours, or just one contact capsule for up to 12 hours' continuous relief of your sneezing, drips, and congestion. The tiny time pills do it. For aches and fever, the others contain aspirin.
3: And contact doesn't.
7: Right. So, six or three
1: or one. Your cold, your choice.
3: I'll take the one contact. Thank you. You feel close
9: to contact. The sooner the better. Six
5: or three or one. Take contact only as directed.
2: Hi, this is Jose Feliciano, and I'm speaking on behalf of the Lewis Braille Foundation. Blind Musicians, a national nonprofit organization working to promote the interests of the blind in the field of music. The foundation exists to help talented blind musicians achieve professional status as performers and teachers, providing them with auditions, evaluations, and counseling, paid engagements to qualified musicians, and the transcription of music into Braille. The services of the Lewis Braille Foundation are available to any blind person. The foundation depends entirely on your contributions. So please help. Send your tax-deductible gifts to the Lewis Braille Foundation, 112 East 19th Street, New York, 10003. Help a blind musician on his way. Thank you. I come home in the evening
1: As I said earlier, fate is sometimes likened to a madman with an axe. And it would surely seem that Lucas Lauder, warden of state's prison, has run head-on into him. When Guy Richards told Lucas that he was really Jack the Ripper, that his body was possessed by the spirit of the Ripper, Lucas laughed. But his laugh turned to a worried frown when he came dangerously close to stabbing the wife he loves. Now in Lucas' office at State's prison the following afternoon.
4: No, Jerry. No, look, I don't mean to be harsh, but I think Maxwell's privileges should be taken away for a while. Yes, a week at least. All right, goodbye. Yes, Miss Conley? They brought
9: Guy Richards over, Uh. All
4: right, tell them to bring him in.
9: Yes, sir. Bring
4: him in. All right, boys, you wait outside. Sit down, Richards. Thank you. Richards, I want to talk to you about... Among other things, I want to talk about your personal effects. Well, we've talked
7: about that. I told you, I don't give a damn what you do with them. Warden, you didn't have me brought here to talk about my property. You brought me here to talk about what happened to you last night. Look, if
4: you're going to start again on that nonsense
7: about being Jack the Ripper... It isn't I'd nonsense, to... and you know it. Now, you also know that when I go through the trap less than 48 hours from now, you'll become Jack the Ripper. You know it because I put you through a sort of trial run, you might say, last night. What did happen last night, Wharton? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about what your wife, Joan, thought was a sick joke, but was no joke at all. I'm talking about how you stood over her with a carving knife, the knife you'd been using for the roast beef. Right? Oh, look, you're not going to be sick, are you?
4: How do you know that's what happened? I was there. How else? No. Now, that's impossible. What you're saying is impossible. Incredible, yes, but not
7: impossible. I explained to you yesterday, or tried to explain, that I took this body when Eric Nordling died, just as I occupied his body when... Oh, well, it doesn't matter who died before him or before him. All that matters to you, or should matter to you, is that you're next on that list to, shall we say, play host to Jack the Ripper.
4: But why? 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 Yes. Look, you must have died. (laughs) What am I saying? Jack the Ripper must have died many, many years ago. In 1907, to be exact. All right, then you've been dead. Damn it, the Ripper
2: has been dead nearly 70 years.
7: But his spirit, my spirit, has lived on in others.
4: That's what I'm getting
7: at. Why? Because I cannot rest.
4: Because of the awful crimes you committed?
7: No, not because of the crimes. But the reason behind them. The evil in me that drove me to... to what I did. The hate.
4: No, I don't understand. There is
7: nothing to understand. It's quite simple. A spirit, a soul... is given an earthly body and forced to suffer through what you call life. Life forced to go through this agony again and again and again... until it is cleansed completely of evil, of hate. The Evil in me was so great it will take... well, only the Lord knows how many lifetimes to wipe it away. Unless... Unless? Unless it meets a love as pure as the hate is evil... A soul as tender as the hate is brutal. A spirit as compassionate as the hate is ruthless. And that... That will never be. Never? No such love exists. No such soul, no such spirit. Not on this earth, that's for sure.
4: You really believe what you're saying, don't you? You really
2: believe that you are actually Jack the Ripper. Oh, and for the love... You... Mother...
7: I'm going to give you another taste of what it's going to be like to be Jack the Ripper.
2: If you think for
4: one minute
7: that I don't believe... I don't care what you believe. Just do me a favor and send me back to my cell.
3: Yes, Warden?
4: Richards will go back to his cell now.
3: Yes, sir. Richards is going back now.
4: Remember what I said, Warden.
6: I'm going to give you another taste. Soon.
4: All right, let's go. Uh, Warden... Yes, Miss Conway
3: It's near time for me to go home And the buses get awful crowded in weather like this So I was wondering, could I leave now?
4: Sure is, of course, go ahead Uh, wait a minute Yes, sir I was about to leave myself, I'll drive you home
3: Oh, no, sir, I I couldn't take you out of your way No, it's
4: not out of my way, but not much anyhow
3: well, if, if you're sure it's no trouble
4: No trouble at all It'll be, it'll be a pleasure
10: nice of you. I'll see you to your door.
0: Oh, no need for that.
4: No, I insist. there have been a lot of muggings in this neighborhood. Some. So I want to be sure that you get to your apartment safe and sound.
3: Well, thanks
4: again. You're awfully kind. That's no, not at all, Miss Uh, I wonder if I could... I wonder if I might use your phone. Oh, sure. Just call home that let my wife know I'll be a little late. second thought. There's no sense in calling. I won't be that late.
3: Oh, only five or ten minutes.
4: Boy, look at the rain and the wind against the window. It chills me to the bone just looking at it. Why, I couldn't give you a drink, could I, sir? <laughs> no, Miss Comley, I wasn't hinting, you know. Oh, I didn't think you were, but,
3: well, if you would, like a drink. Oh,
4: why not? I'd love one.
3: I keep the liquor in the kitchen. It's scotch, isn't it? I'm uh,
4: Just a short one.
3: I won't be a minute. I'll come with you, if you don't mind. Oh, of course not
4: never been in your apartment before. I'd like to see how my secretary lives.
3: Oh, not very fancy, I'm afraid. It looks nice. It's comfortable.
4: You live alone?
3: Yes, I tried living with someone else, but it, oh, it just didn't work out. Here you are. Yeah, thanks.
4: That's good scotch. Glad you like it. Where'd you get those knives? Knives? Uh, yeah, the the knife set on the wall.
3: Oh, oh, those are... I don't know. I've had them so long. Why?
4: Oh, I like knives. Good ones, that is. Those look good. Do you mind if I... Well, no. Be my guest. It's beautiful.
3: Beautiful. Feel that edge.
4: You don't often see knives kept in this good condition. This... This sharp.
3: It's no thanks to me. I just use them, never sharpen them.
4: Razor. Sharp fit in the hand perfectly. Those are the most beautiful knives I've seen in over 70 years, Jane.
7: Get out of my cell, warden. I
2: don't have to put up what with this. What are you doing to me? You answer me, Richards. What are you doing? I've told now, you. You've told me a lot of nonsense about you being Jack the R taking possession of me, my my body when you die. I don't buy that. You're up to something. You've done something
4: to me. And I'm not leaving this cell till you tell me what it is. You're scared,
7: Warden, of what you came dangerously close to doing to your secretary yesterday? And will do not long after you hang me? (laughs) The urge, the nearly overpowering urge, I stayed your hand, not you, to plunge the knife into her,
4: to slash... Stop it, see? Stop it! You listen to me. I'm no fool. Yesterday I nearly murdered that girl. And somehow you know all about it. But I stayed my hand, not you, because I'm not a killer. And how do I know what went on in that kitchen? I don't know how you... You've devoted your life to parapsychology and you know all there is to know about things like ESP, thought transference, hypnotism.
2: Hypnotism. That's it. Hypnotism. Like Nordling, You're you're a hypnotist. Somehow
4: or other, I don't know how, you managed to hypnotize me when I was talking to you. (laughs) put ideas in my head.
2: Post-hypnotic suggestion, I think it's called.
7: You cannot give a post-hypnotic command that's contrary to the subject's normal fiber. (laughs) Warden, it would be impossible for me or anyone to command you to kill. It isn't in you to kill. But that will all change. When I am in you... At approximately a second or two after six o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, which reminds me, I have a gift for you. Here. A knife? A knife. Where did you get this? It was made for me in the prison machine shop from a soup ladle. A soup ladle carefully ground down at the edges, skillfully shaped into a knife, expertly
10: sharpened.
7: How did you manage to have this made?
4: How did you manage
7: oh, to have uh, this me? Ah, uh, Warden, you know your prison as well as I, or you should, and obviously don't. Anything can be done in a prison if
4: you know the ropes. Here, the knife. Take it. Ed. Ed. You take that knife from Richards and get rid of it. See me in my office later and you explain how he got it. Now wait, no, wait a minute. You give it to me, huh? <laughs> I'll get rid of
7: it. (laughs) Not until you've used it. Not until I, the Ripper, have used it. Again
9: and again and again. Ed, I don't want to see this
2: man again until his execution (laughs) tomorrow morning at 6. If he has any last-minute requests, you handle them. If he has any questions, you answer them. If he wants to see me for any reasons, no. Tomorrow morning, Richard, I'll see you then, and not until then. Six o'clock. On the scaffold, Richard.
1: On the scaffold. When the noose will be tightened round the neck of Guy Richard's The trap will be sprung and he'll plummet to death. Or will it be life? Another life to be lived out in the body of Warden Lucas Lauder. I'll return shortly for Act Three.
9: to do it all. When you say but, you say you care enough to only walk the king of fears. There is no other one, there's only something left, because the king of fears is leading all the rest. When you say but,
10: wiser, you've said in all... anheuser Bush St. Louis. Here's a medical puzzle. A person has a deadly disease, yet leads a normal life. How is it possible? The answer is chemotherapy. Through this treatment, thousands of cancer victims regain active, productive lives despite their cancer. Many of these people can continue in their jobs for years, while the anti-cancer drugs, which we call chemotherapy, control their disease. But many types of cancer remain difficult to control. Through research, the Chemotherapy Foundation is stimulating the development of new drugs. More types of cancers will someday be controlled. The question is not if, but when. You can help by contributing to the Chemotherapy, that's Chemo, C-H-E-M-O, Therapy Foundation, Box 8, New York, New York, 128. That's the Chemotherapy Foundation, Box 8, New York, New York, 128. This is a public service message from the Chemotherapy Foundation.
1: There's much talk these days about possession, the control of a human being by an evil spirit. Probably such talk has gone on since man can remember. Intense discussion, even violent debate as to whether possession is a form of schizophrenia or a malignant spirit which has invaded an earthly body. For Lucas Lauder, warden of state's prison, it isn't a subject for idle debate, but a frightening reality. In the bedroom of his home, a short distance from the prison itself,
3: Luke? Go to sleep, John. Oh. I know it's impossible for you to sleep the night before an execution, but this time there's something else. Yeah.
4: John, I'm scared.
3: Of what, dear?
4: I haven't just been sitting here in this chair watching you while you slept. I... Yes? Yes? I've been fighting an urge, a powerful urge, to kill you. Kill me. Yeah, with this. <gasps> Where did you get that? Richards gave it to me. Ugly-looking knife, isn't it? Somehow he managed to get it made in the machine shop and have it smuggled to him. He he gave it to me as a present kind of present. You no, know, it's, it's not a present to me, Joan. It's to himself.
3: To, oh, oh, that nonsense! Nonsense. About him being the reincarnation of Jack the Ripper. Oh,
4: he is. He is. I, I laughed too at first, but he is the Ripper, in possession of Guy Richard's body. And at six this morning, less than three hours from now, he'll be in possession of mine.
3: Luke. Luke, darling. You, you can't be serious. You don't really believe that. Uh,
4: after what's happened, I'd be a fool if I didn't.
3: What has happened? He,
4: I had to bring myself to talk about it. He he told me he was going to take possession of me temporarily for a short time to prepare me for what's to come after he hangs.
3: Well, you didn't take that seriously.
4: No, 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 no. Not then, but within an hour, I... I nearly stabbed Miss Conley to death.
3: Your secretary?
4: I drove her home in that storm day before yesterday. I invited myself in. mm Pretended I wanted to use the phone to call you, but I had no intention of using that phone. I just wanted to get into her apartment to...
3: To kill her?
4: I didn't know it then. I I didn't know why I tricked my way in, but... Well, then I, I sort of led her into offering me a drink, and I went with her into the kitchen where she keeps the liquor. While she was making the drink, I noticed a set of knives, kitchen knives, you know, on, on the wall. I pretended to admire them, and I, I took one to examine it only. I, only I wasn't examining it. I was thinking...
2: Thinking, Luke, my darling. Now don't touch me. Don't don't touch me. Don't even come near me. It's, it's dangerous. It's
3: dangerous? Luke, what are you saying? I can
2: do to you right now,
3: right now.
4: What well, I came close to doing to her. The urge was powerful then, but it, it's even more powerful now. It's almost as if, as if the closer I get to Richard's hanging, the more the urge grows inside me.
9: Luke. I don't have any control.
4: No no control anymore. This knife, I gave it to the guard to get rid of. No, no, no. I, I started to give it to him, and then I changed my mind. I mean, I was forced to change it by a power stronger than me, and so I kept it and brought it home. I've been sitting here for hours holding it in my hand, fighting off a terrible obsession to kill you with
3: it. Oh, my poor darling, to think what you've been going through, and I never knew...
4: How can you think of me when you're the one who's in danger?
3: Well, because I don't believe I am in danger, not from you.
4: I just told you I... I
3: don't care what you told me. I care about what I know, and I know you love me. Oh, yes, I love you, but he... He'll be dead in a few hours, dead. Dead. And all this business about his spirit possessing you, I don't believe it. You, I came close, that close, to killing Miss Coleman. And killing me, you say. But you didn't. But next time. There won't be a next time. Because once Guy Richard dies, his power over you will be ended. Oh, Luke. Luke, don't you see what's happened to you?
4: Yes, I see. He's possessed me. Nonsense.
3: I can give you... I don't know how many reasons why it is just plain nonsense.
4: All right, give me just one.
3: I've read a lot about Richards in the papers, and you've told me a lot about him. He's a skilled hypnotist. I don't know much, if anything, about hypnotism, but it seems to me that he could have brought you under some kind of hypnotic influence.
4: Oh, no, 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 I can't believe it.
3: Another thing I know about him, his personality is strong, overpowering, viciously overpowering. Just talking to someone like that, being near him, could do strange things to a person. No,
2: no, no, I don't care how many reasons you can dress up. I know what I know. I know
4: what I've got to do. What? I've got to stop the execution.
3: Luke, you can't do that. Well,
4: I can try. It's my only hope. I've got to. I've got to stop that execution. I've got to save him to save myself. <laughs> No, it's only four in the morning, but this is a matter of life or death. You get the district attorney out of bed. I'll wait.
3: Luke, try to pull yourself together. Telephoning the district attorney at this hour? What are you going to say
4: to Hello, Uh, Mr. McGowan? I'm sorry to wake you at this hour, sir. I... uh, thank you, yes. It is... it, it is urgent. I want to stop the execution of Guy Richards at six this morning. On what grounds? I have reason to think he's innocent. Uh, No, sir. There's no proof. No no, no real proof, but... Look, McGowan, I want you to call the governor if necessary. McGowan, I beg you, right? Yes, I see. I see. In that case, I'll, I'll phone the governor myself.
3: Luke, darling, you can't phone the governor.
4: Operator... This is Warden Lucas Lauder of State's Prison. I want to put through a call, an urgent call, to Governor Morris at the state capitol.
2: And hurry, please hurry.
6: Well?
4: He refused.
6: Well, you couldn't
4: expect. I didn't. I hoped against hope. I'd better get ready. Richards has less than an hour to go. And so have I. time, Richards. You're telling me. If you're ready.
7: question is, are you? Come on, let's go. You look tired, Warden. No sleep, eh? Well, don't worry about it. You'll sleep just fine tonight. The Ripper always sleeps well. Afterward. After what? Having killed. Well. Didn't know there'd be an audience to see the end of Guy Richards.
4: The press. Straight ahead to the scaffold, Richards.
7: You're sweating, Warden. Calm down. Make you feel any better? There's no pain to this. Over in an instant, you know. I've been through it once before. The man whose body I took before Eric Nortling's. Well, here we are. A moment in destiny us both. All right, Ed. Oh, do we really need the hood? Well, yes, I guess we do. Spare the feelings of our audience. Go ahead. Just uh, one thing to say, Warden, before you pull the trap. Yes? This isn't goodbye. I'll be with you again soon.
8: Guy the Ripper was executed
9: this morning at State's
3: Prison. That's enough news for one day. I'm for bed. You, Luke? Luke? What? It's after 11. Time for bed. Oh. Yeah, Joan. Yes, dear. Where did you put it? Put what?
4: The knife. I mean, don't look at me as though you didn't know what I was talking about. The knife Richards gave me.
3: I know what knife you're talking about, but I don't know why you're asking me where I put it.
4: You didn't take it? I put it in the top drawer of this table. You saw me put it there. I put it there so you could get rid of it. You didn't? No. I can't believe you'd take the chance to... You didn't. The knife is
2: here. Yes, it is. Look, I gave you a chance to get rid of it. Why didn't you?
3: Why didn't you? If you wanted to be rid of it, why didn't you simply throw it away?
2: I I
4: don't know.
3: I think I do. You were testing me, testing my love for you. Testing your love? If I had done what you thought I'd do, it would have shown that my love for you isn't as strong as I said it was. And it's quite possible you really might have tried to kill me. You could always get another knife.
4: Thanks to you, I have this one.
3: Then use it, if you can. What? Luke, we're going to come to this sooner or later. I don't don't know how Guy Richards persuaded you he was Jack the Ripper... and that he would possess you once he died, but he did... You said last night that the urge to kill was growing stronger in you, and you were convinced once Richard was hanged, it would become so strong you'd never be able to control it. It's been
4: doing that all day. It's growing in me. Filling me with a need, a lust to take this... this knife.
3: I know. And unless this obsession of yours is smashed now, right now you'll kill. Sooner or later you will kill. If you're going to do it, do it.
2: Do it and get it over with. You're taunting me. You're taunting me because like all women, you have contempt
3: for me. I love Oh, You're lying.
2: You don't love. You don't know the meaning of love. Hate. Oh, that's something else again. That's something you know all about. I think I'm not on to you, all of you. Let me tell you something. I've spent months, years watching you and the likes of you. Luke, what? And your little tricks luring men and... Oh, don't think I didn't see you today, this very day in Leicester Square, flaunting your charms. Leicester Square? Leicester Square, Piccadilly, Fleet Street, wherever you can sell yourself.
3: Luke, nest snap out of it. Pull, pull yourself together. Look
2: about you. Take your last long look before you die. You see that gaslight at the end of the alley? Oh, you see it for the last time. Gaslight? Listen. You hear the carriages of the coaches, the horses, for the last time. And then feel. You feel the point of this knife against your throat. Feel the cold steel against your skin before the ripper plunges it deep into your dirty little neck. Plunges it now! I can't.
9: I want to. I... I... I can't! Why? Why can't I?
3: Because you're not Jack the Ripper. You're Lucas Lauder, my husband. The Ripper hated. You love. You love me every bit as much as I love you. Oh God,
4: I do, I do, I do, I do, I dearest. He said Richard said the spirit of the Ripper would never be free, never find rest until it met a love as strong as his hate. Heaven knows, Joan, there can't be. There never has been a love as strong as yours. (laughs) Maybe it's crazy, but I feel... I feel he has found that rest at last. Thanks to you.
1: Well, if you're puzzled by this strange happening to Lucas Lauder, you've got nothing on me. Did Guy Richards in some way place Warden Lauder under an hypnotic influence? Did Richards believe he was truly Jack the Ripper? Was he? What do you think? I'll be back shortly.
10: In God we trust. America Speaks.
4: From
6: Abraham Lincoln's Creed, I believe in God, the almighty ruler of nations, our great and good and merciful maker, our father in heaven, who notes the fall of a sparrow and numbers the hairs on our heads. I have a solemn vow registered in heaven to finish the work I am in in full view of my responsibility to my God with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives me to see the right.
10: Presented by the Catholic Communications Foundation.
1: I told this story to a friend of mine who is a psychic, a sensitive she said that of course Guy Richards was the reincarnate Jack the Ripper another friend, a psychiatrist said nonsense, a clear case of a split personality which is right, I don't know maybe the truth lies somewhere in between, wherever it lies it makes a good story I hope you enjoyed it Our cast included Robert Lansing, Linka Peterson, Ralph Bell, Ira Lewis, and Patricia Pearden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.
6: And now, a preview of our next tale. Your room is high above the ground on the far side of the estate. Room? This isn't a room. It's a
4: cage.
6: So it is, Mr. Schiller. What is this? Hard window, steel door. It's like a prison cell. It is a prison cell, Mr. Schiller.
2: But why? Why am I here?
6: To serve your sentence. I've judged your case and found you guilty. No. It's all very well and good to say no. But here you are, aren't you? Here they all are. And here they'll stay until their brains rot and their bodies decay. They? You mean there are others? Yes, Mr. Schiller. Others who have broken God's law and must pay for it. Radio Mystery Theater was
1: sponsored in part by Contact, the
6: 12-hour cold capsule.
1: This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time... Pleasant dreams...
0: our Strange Tale for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find a lot more from the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, past episodes of Strange Tales, all the other podcasts, and our Shoutcast stream, all at relicradio.com. While you're there, click on that Donate button and help us usher in our 15th year of old-time radio podcasts. I hope you've enjoyed them, and thank you, as always, to those who have helped support us through the years. Visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links while you're there, and you can help out too. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll talk to you again next Sunday with another episode of Relic Radio's Strange Tales.